Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Runnan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And listener, we like you just like you are. We're looking at Bridget Jones' diary. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how you doing today? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I am good. We are here recording together, uh, two of in us. In the same Instead, room. Yes, in the same room again, opposed to all by myself. Just what, over Zoom. <laughs> what a opening credit sequence. Oh, man. Amazing. Her lip syncing all by myself. Truly complete with playing the drums all and the, the drums. kick. Because it's played like she's really bummed and sad and then when she starts the drums you're like oh nope she's getting into it uh and it's like yeah that is absolutely just just i mean it, it encapsulates so the entire real. character yeah but also yeah. be like start it crying having a real pity party <laughs> and to then it be just full full rocking out the so, whole oh, i loved it i could have done with even more i know i like, wish that the was whole the movie? ending credits too yeah that should have been a whole cast a whole cast is like we're rocking our lips like into some other cheery song um but anyway we are here it is our last episode of the year, which I didn't even realize that of kind of perfect for this. It's Christmas and New Year's. It's Christmas and movie. New Year's as it starts and and as it's ending, it's ending again at the holidays because uh, our movie takes place over the course of a year. So we'll be taking a break after this. Um, we don't know when we'll be back, listener, to be perfectly frank. But uh, if you want to know if and when we come back, you can subscribe so that as soon as an episode drops, you'll see You it. got it. You got it. Yeah, we'll still be dropping Patreon episode in January, yes. Yes. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash and almost starring. We will we'll definitely have one more episode for Patreon this January. Uh, another feature length commentary. Uh, that'll be dropping in just a few scant days. Yes. So you'll want to check that out. And there's a huge back catalog of episodes. We've got episodes on The Office and Thor Ragnarok and Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values, commentaries on Muppet Christmas Carol for this month, of course, and commentaries on Jaws, David Cronenberg's The Fly, Lord of the Rings, Lord, and the, Lord Fellowship of the Fellowship of the Ring. Of the Ring. I can't even keep track. There's so much material there waiting for you. I remember Patreon. the ones I was right. most excited about. And you remember The Fly. The Fly, yeah. <laughs> But listener, really do yourself a favor. Just you gotta you gotta do it just to hear Amy Joe reacting to seeing David Cronenberg's The Fly for the first time. It was visceral. It, it is viciously visceral. Yeah, but um, we're but we're both you know we're working a lot, we're writing a lot, and yeah. we're we're needing to take a hiatus for our 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 dang professional careers. Absolutely. And here we're talking about a film that's probably the opposite of David Cronenberg's The Fly, <laughs> Bridget Jones' Diary, which is a listener request from Kara. So thank, thank you. you Bridget Jones' Diary came out on April 13th, 2001, and was directed by Sharon Maguire and adapted by Andrew Davies and Richard Curtis from the book by Helen Fielding. Amy Jo, what's your experience with that Bridget Jones' Diary? Had you seen it before? Yes, but I'd quickly like to take a moment. Sherry Maguire sounds like a great drag name. Uh, <laughs> just saying, uh, that's funny to me. Anyway, um... Uh, Sharon, Sharon McGuire. Oh, I thought name. it was Sherry. Was, no, but yeah, Sherry. Show me the money. Um, Sherry McGuire. Uh, it's just funny to me. Um, anyway, we could. How fitting with Renee Zellweger. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
Anywho, um, I saw this in theaters, I think. I certainly saw it once, maybe twice, but I'm pretty sure only the once in the theaters. And I had never seen it before, uh, but I had a delightful time with yes. it. I thought it was a hoot and a half. Uh, as far as rom-coms go, that was very charming. Uh, so as this movie received two sequels, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, and uh, the more recent 2016's Bridget Jones, Baby. So this film franchise became the first romantic comedy trilogy of the new millennium in which all three movies were theatrical releases and featured the same lead actress and the first for all to be directed by women. So not too shabby of a little uh, feather in your cap for the Bridget Jones franchise. Uh, So spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Bridget Jones' Diary, you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. We're tracking a year in the life of Bridget Jones, who is 32, single. Uh, She decides she's got to turn her life around. She's got to drink less, smoke less, lose weight, find a guy. All of these things that are like, this is how a woman This is is also like... Yeah, this is a British Gen X Pride and Prejudice, you yes. know, like made in the millennial era of what I like. I was going to movies, but like the, the, this is she's a very sloppy stand in for Lizzie Bennett. Like, yes, she's, she's I, just very sloppy in general. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she works as a publicity assistant at a publishing company in London. Pemberley Press. With her boss, Daniel Cleaver, that old cad Hugh Grant. And I gotta say, I do, look, he does the two, he's got two modes. He's got flop sweat stuttering <laughs> and sensibility and four weddings and a funeral and he's got just a delicious cat and i gotta say i really love him when he's a delicious cat. i know it is good and i was like <laughs> ooh, 2001 hugh grant giving me a devilish lout the hair the, the hair, hair the hair envies off the in this movie for me (laughs) (laughs) um but we start before we get to hugh grant we start at bridget's parents new year party where she's introduced to mark darcy old colin firth with this wonderful reindeer jump just oh yes the him wearing this jumper looking so grim and so dour is a delight the movie's kind of vignette as we go track her progress through this year. Mm-hmm. We see she really, her and, and Darcy, of course, just like Pride and Prejudice, do not get along at all because her mom is like, oh, he's single. He's a very impressive barrister. And immediately they have, she's just can't stop talking. And then like, I'll leave. And then overhears him calling her. I think it's like a verbally incontinent yes. spinster. Um uh, <laughs> But she starts at, at 32, even 32. in 2001. That's pushing it. Well, she is she is dressed in her mid 50s because her true. mom is like, you can't wear that. I've laid out a dress for you. And she, it's like, what does she say? She's dressed like a I forget what a, she says. She's it's like a sofa. Like I'm a wearing sofa, I'm wearing yeah. the sofa or something oh. like that. Uh, but she begins this very flirty email exchange saucy. with her boss. So saucy because he's emailing her like, oh, my assistant seems to have forgotten her skirt today because her skirt's short. So now she's wearing even shorter skirts and see-through tops. Uh, and eventually they begin an affair as she keeps bumping into Mark Darcy throughout and they keep having just like friction, especially because Daniel says that Mark uh like ran off with his fiance yes they were best friends at cambridge yeah and and daniel i can't remember their name i mean there's darcy cleaver and and darcy cleaver 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 Cleaver. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, so with that info as well, Bridget really is like, oh, so Darcy's like an awful human being and I want nothing to do with him. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, her parents, her, I, now I was kind of, it sounded like the mom said that, Gemma Jones said that the dad, Jim Broadbent, left her. No, she was just saying, or like, she... he doesn't pay attention to her. Okay, really. so she leaves him yeah. and gets a job slash lover in this, like, QVC He's really giving presenter. me, like, Otho energy in Beetlejuice. A lot of Otho Beetlejuice energy. Yeah. Uh, a little more straight, but Barely. only a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, like, he's this guy's, like, in pipe. He's got, like, Gemma Jones. He's got, like, I know. he's moving on he's to others. Lothario. He is. So it's a fun little B-plot to mirror yes. Bridget with Darcy and Also, this Darcy is a very fun Peter. color on Gemma Jones. We don't normally see this kind of, like, tawdry, ooh, oversexed Gemma Jones is not... <laughs> Usually. Right. Uh, Bridget winds up finally. Well, well, Bridget realizes that Hugh Grant's cheating on her. Cleaver. Cleaver's cheating on her. Uh, So she winds up quitting. She gets a job in television as uh, like a news presenter. Uh, Once again, just a series of humiliations for Bridget. But, you know, I, I am really not a fan. One of my least favorite genres is cringe comedy. But I didn't mind it here. And I think it's just because of of her, of Renee Zellweger as Bridget yeah. has such a like a what stiff are you upper. Do? Exactly. It's just stiff upper lip about it. Just like, well, that's par for the course, I guess. With yeah, because I think part of what makes cringe comedy so unbearable is like how awful it is for everyone. As opposed to like, well, I got to endure it, but right. I'll get through it. She's, I'm just a mess. She's going to this. Cost, this party that's supposed oh, to be tarts and vicars. Brutal. So all the men are supposed to be dressed like vicars and priests and whatnot. And she and the women are supposed to be dressed like like very loose. And she so she's in this like Playboy bunny outfit. And then almost no one else is dressed up. But she's just like, okay, that's what it is. Uh, you know, and it's like that is that gumption, that like, you know, that spirit is uh very charming to Mark Darcy. It's just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's like, you know, you don't she she doesn't care. She cares, but she also is able to shrug off so much. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she gets out of the relationship with Hugh Grant. She quits her job and says she'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. She's working as a TV news presenter now. She's, oh man, her going on this fire pole, she's supposed to interview oh this fire chief and is like, go now. And she starts and then wait, hold it. And she's trying to scurry back up this pole. Some great physical comedy from yeah. Renee Zellweger throughout. And eventually starts to realize that Mark, might be Mark Darcy. Might be he might be an okay guy. That Mister Darcy. Yeah. Uh, he comes by on her birthday and helps her cook this birthday dinner party. Now, why you? If you are not a cook, if cooking is not a thing you regularly do and find enjoyment in, would decide. You know what I'm going to do on my birthday mm-hmm. is have my friends over and spend hours cooking a whole thing like me personally as someone who doesn't cook that much i can't ever imagine that being a thought that enters into my head yeah i really don't know it's your birthday just get get a takeaway girl yeah, get chillax. some get some curries get some yes. takeaway what are we talking what are we talking make your friends cook have a pot yeah, have that. i know you now, like, make like, cookies well, and thing, call it a day know? in comparison this friend group that she's got one million percent better than Andy's friend group in Devil Wears Prada. Oh my god! Absolutely. But I think it is the tried and true of movies where the friend group also have to be a little bit of the worst. Oh and yeah, they mock her relentlessly. They really do. And so Wait, she's, can, can we take a second also yeah. for Shirley Henderson, who the first time we see her is crying in a bathroom. Crying in a bathroom. Like, what do you think went through her mind? 
because this is the same year as the first Harry Potter so movie. So they, they would have probably filmed Harry Potter sooner, right? Because of all, all the, the VFX. They had to yeah. be that first. So and she'd had, already been moaning Myrtle. Some, could, could it be an in-joke? Maybe so. Could it be a joke that they knew that she's moaning Myrtle? And they're like, oh, let's not let's put her in a bathroom. Maybe like, so. Like she's already supposed to be I mean, the books were already so huge at this point. People knew yeah. who moaning Myrtle. That might have been. That might have been. Um, but just the, the shot of being like, okay. Oh, also every, cause I'd forgotten who all was in this movie. It's just like every new supporting character is like, wait, oh, I forgot this was Jim Broadbent. Oh wait, this is Shirley Henderson. This is M. Beth yeah, Davids. Yeah, they cast this the is, crap out of it. As you said, when we were watching it, like the bench is stacked so deep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Sally Phillips, who we really don't know from anything but Taskmaster is one of the other friends, but she's Shazza. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> She's so fun. Uh, and so fun on Taskmaster. If you've not checked out Taskmaster, listen. I recommended it many episodes ago. But lo and behold, Cleaver shows up. Of course he does. I can't be without Drunk. you, Bridget. Just, just what an entrance. And Mark is like, all right, outside. And they have this knockdown drag out fight where neither of them know how to fight, which is great. Yeah, they were supposed great. To, it was, this was all supposed to be choreographed. And they were like, these are not men that know how to fight. Like, no. what if we just These really go at These are two super it? posh guys who are like, oh, I didn't do rugby. Right. And they like their fight goes through this restaurant, then out the window as it's raining men is playing. It's freaking hilarious. Bridget goes to check on Cleaver because he's like, re- they go through a window. Like, they should go to the hospital. Um <laughs> But she like finally ends it with Cleaver because he's like you because he's like, you know, I need you like I I'll be basically I'll I'm helpless. I'll never you. be able to figure out yeah. how to be a good man. Right. If, if, like, if I can't make a, it with you, yeah. I won't make it at all. That's it. That's it. Yeah. If I can't make it with you, I, I won't can't like, make it at ooh, all. Like, ooh, wow. What a proposal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, make it make it really easy for me to just say no. Right. And what is it again that makes her turn her mind around with? darcy because then it's like there's this holiday party that she does decide she finds to... out from oh from the mom, mom she, fi- the that's mom. Right. she finds out that that it's the that's the reverse that he got married and cleaver like immediately slept with his his wife his wife which we should take a moment here and say of all the things that didn't age well in this movie which there aren't a ton just the very casual racism which i know is supposed to be funny about japanese people it's just like this is <laughs> we i mean yeah it did seem to all come from her mom and her mom know, is kind of the worst but i do think if you're right. going to put something like that in there it needs to be absolutely more pointed and for more of a reason and this was not there are ways to show that the mom is yeah. like all these things without it being something then that can be quotable that other people will uh not not uh think we'll think very casually about um but anyway yes right but so now that she knows that truth bridget is like oh i do want to go to this party she does she tells mark as he tells her that because he tells her that i like you just as you are like regardless doesn't care about the smoking the drinking like the weight like none none of that matters like i like you just as you are and she tells him the same thing but then immediately learns that he is pretty much loosely engaged to be married to Miss Honey from Matilda. Oh my. When we were watching I was like stop it pause it. I know this actress. And then we're like oh wait that's we Miss Honey. Saw her in Matilda. But she's such a bitch in this movie. I didn't even recognize. I mean I recognized her clearly but yeah. couldn't put it together. Uh so Bridget of course is like great another m- embarrassment for me as like cuz they're like now let's toast cuz Mar- cuz he's also supposed to go to New York right. and she's like no and everyone's looking at her she's like no cuz he's such a good barrister a we top can't, mind he's a top mind he's one of our top men we, we can't need lose him. him in this country he's a top 
he's a top man. Uh, and so like the film ends, she's like, her friends are like, you are miserable. Let's take you to Paris for, for the holidays. And Which then, this, that's a really solid supportive yeah, friend group. Movie, that's very you know? true. Uh, but Darcy shows up and after one more wrinkle where he then finds her diary all like the titular diary him. she has to run out after him in her <laughs> underwear in her knickers. In her knickers. uh and finally they get she, he's buying her a new diary <laughs> and they get together and kiss which i did like the like wait a minute hold on nice boys don't kiss like that it's like oh yes they fucking do <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we end with them making this fresh start uh, until, of course, I assume things go tits up because we have two more sequels before we can <laughs> finally wind up with them getting together. <laughs> the casting director of Bridget Jones' Diary was Michelle Gish. Gish has also cast such films as The English Patient, Shakespeare in Love, Entrapment, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and previous episode Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> now let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I don't know nothing. So we've only got one person to discuss, but uh, it's a doozy because half of uh, Hollywood and uh, London were considered. It's Bridget. <laughs> Amy Jo, your thoughts on Renee Zellweger. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think for the lip sync alone, this Oof. is a yeah. pretty My fantastic performance. God, so good. It's so truly just, I was like, oh, yeah. She's really good, you know, um, and I've seen her in many other things and enjoyed her in many other things. But it's just like, oh, I get why this like made her enormously popular. Right. You know? um, yeah. Jerry Maguire was like the real like blow up. This is who this person her. is. Yeah. Um, and then like the year before this was Nurse Betty, which she got, I think, like a Golden Globe nomination, mm -hmm. maybe a win for it. Like that was. But this was like the real. This like is this, making you and a then Chicago name. is the yeah. next year, and yeah. then Cold Mountain she wins her Oscar for right. the year after that. It was like that real big run of films yeah. for her. I think she's she's wonderful. I will say I had forgotten. Like, oh right, she's she's English, and Renee Zellweger does a really excellent English accent. I can hear the effort behind it in places. Like, it, there's a difference when she's talking than when some of the others. But like, as far as like an American doing a British accent, it's it's really good. Like I don't hear her slipping up. However, someone like Ambeth Davids, who I was looking her up that I was like, but her accent sounds better. Why is that? And she's South African. So I was like, okay, so she was like born in the States. Her parents are, well, her parents are South African. She's American, but like, so she went and lived in South Africa for a while. And there's just like a lot more exposure to different types of accents. And a lot of oh. actors from there will speak in RP. Like that's hmm. like their kind of like accent that they'll do Shakespearean kind of thing. So that made some sense to me as being like, okay, so she's just around it more. But anyway, that is to say, I have some on here that are like, if we want definitely to keep it British, here are some thoughts. And then some that are like, and what if we don't care if she's English or not? So if we want her to be English, I was looking mainly like, who are people who are funny and charming that I would buy this off of? Love so it. for around the same time, Olivia Coleman is just a little bit I younger. Mean, yeah, it's the I mean, same. It's it's she's like, perfect. Like yeah. just thinking of her in Green Wing as this like mess of a mother who's just like, uh, you know, like really like uh, uh, not even tertiary, just like a peripheral role in this ensemble cast. But just like what a delightful mess. Catherine Tate is the same mm -hmm. age as Renee Zellweger. Very, very funny. She's a little bit younger, but Kate Winslet as yeah. well would be fantastic. And then 
this would have had to be like 10 years later, but Billy Piper, who oh. would come to prominence in, in the reboot of Doctor Who, to me is giving me a lot of the same kind mm. of uh, stuff that I'm getting from it. It just very oozes charm. You know, I cried when she left the show. You know, <laughs> I mean, I wept into my laptop keys. <laughs> um, all right. Now, if we don't care if she's American... Uh, or if she, well, if she's English, I have some other thoughts. So this one, this person's not American or English, but I thought like Melanie Linsky would yeah. also be great. Yes. Um, Sandra O oh is about the same age. Oh. She's very fun. Does kind of bedraggled mess in, yeah. in a, in a great way. Maya Rudolph as well. Mm. I, w- I, was, I was just thinking of like most of the cast of bridesmaids actually yeah. <laughs> would be good in this role. Now this is someone who like, this is not typically what I've seen her do like this kind of thing, but like, I would be very interested in like a Stephanie Beatriz. Um, Mm. Just thinking of like how different her performance is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine versus like in Encanto or just hearing her speak. I'm like, she has a lot more range, I think, than we've seen. So I'd be I'd be interested. Danielle Brooks, I think would be very fun. Definitely. Um, And then I don't know, like a younger Amy Adams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We need, yeah. We need a, a hot mess we can root for. A hot yeah. mess we can root for. <laughs> um, yeah. I also was thinking Olivia Coleman. Um, yeah. If we don't care if she's British, I think like made today, I'd really love Jillian Bell. Uh, some might know from 22 Jump Street and Workaholics. She pops up in a lot. She's, I really liked her in this okay movie, Britney Runs a Marathon, where she's like, someone who is trying to like just make a lot of changes in their life and decides to like that that's the goal is I'm going to train to run a marathon when there's someone who is like I drink way too much I'm I am overweight like I but like in in a way that's just like not you know you can be and which I think ultimately is a great message in this film is that like I like you just as you are that she doesn't need to lose the weight or stop the smoking or stop the drinking even is that like no I am I'm good as I am mm-hmm. Um, although we can all stand to be healthier, which is a very different thing than yes. you need to drop 20 pounds because of society, reasonable yeah. expectations. I, you know, like the, ver- the version of Bridget Jones today is, I think, Fleabag is, I think, Phoebe oh, Waller-Bridge. Oh, so right. Is so, I like, that's. For, the- for our acerbic right. times She's we're a, in. Right. Much more snarky and acerbic and cynical. But, but you're so right. That is much well, there was just certain moments in the movie. When did I turn to you and go like, boy, was this just the 90s or what? <laughs> oh, it was when she's leaving the office and she's like, I, oh, so, you know, yeah, I didn't want to Saddam work for you that. anymore. I was like, wow, this. Yeah, and they're all well, like, yay, you well, this go, clearly girl. came out in 2001. Because if this was filmed in 2001 and came out in 2002, oh, it'd be yeah. wiping Osama bin yes. Laden's ass. Uh-huh. Uh, or I could see. Jessica Hines, who I know oh, best from Spaced. I love that. But she's apparently in the two Bridget Jones sequels. She's in Edge of Reason and Bridget Jones Baby as oh. someone or other. I saw her, um, we've seen her in a number of things. You saw TV, her but I saw her in the Norman stage. I saw her in the Norman Conquest where she played Annie, who is right. kind of the the mess of the, you know, they're like, oh, brush your hair, you yeah. darling. And she's heartbreaking and hilarious, which is exactly the color in this. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. We're not, recommending jessica hines for i know she's so good on space with simon Pegg, edgar wright's first show and she's got a teeny tiny role in shawn of the dead who you some might know her as she's like one of sean's friends who he bumps into like twice in the film like Mm -hmm. once in the middle and once near the end um so this was the movie's sole oscar nomination for best lead actress for renee zellweger well and to get 
a nomination for a rom-com. I know. is pretty remarkable. So here's who she was up against. She was up against Judi Dench for Iris, Nicole Kidman for previous episode Moulin Rouge, Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom, and then the winner, Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Yeah, you're not beating Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Nicole Kidman got an Oscar nomination for Moulin Rouge. (laughs) Look, it was the big first musical back the, pe- the people went nuts for moulin oh, rouge i get it i get it well i mean i also think you it's also sissy space sec like you're not surmounting like no. that performance oh, as well like nothing searing. I, yeah it's it's hard it'd be very it, you know not unheard of but no but uh, the win shocking it, the win had, is getting yeah. a nomination right right uh so this was a two-year search for them to find their bridget jones sure. Um, cause it was a big, quite a big hubbub when they cast her because, you know, as we've said, not British from Texas. And also yeah. Renee Zellweger tends to be quite slim, quite yes. thin. So she put on, I mean, she put on weight for the role somewhere between 20 to 25 pounds, what I saw and to prepare, like she really worked the crap out of the accent. I mean, and you can tell that I don't right. mean to say that it's not a good accent because it, it's really excellent. But like, I think well, me yeah. going on camera, leading a cast of Brits, yeah. this would be the level of work I would be doing. It's very strong. It's very consistent. There's and and it's it's it, I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, she retained it on set even while not shooting yeah. to or be able to stay into it. Hugh Grant said that he did not hear her speak in an American accent until the rap party after the movie was completed, where he heard her speak quote. In a very strange voice that he soon found out was her own natural tone. Uh, But she also, at the producer's request, worked at a London book publisher's Picador as a trainee in the publicity department using an alias and a posh accent she was apparently not recognized. But she also kept a framed picture of her then boyfriend, Jim Carrey, on her desk, which her co-workers found odd but never mentioned it for fear of embarrassing her. (laughs) But isn't that such a... It's like, that's absolutely like you're in an office and you just have like some, oh, that's my coworker. She's got a framed photo of Jim Carrey on her desk, you weirdo. That's incredible. I knew that she had like gone undercover. I do remember that from like around the time, but I didn't know that little tidbit. That, of course, there's so many weird people in the world. We're all weird, like in our own ways. Yeah. So of course someone's like, well, they have a picture of their dog and they have a picture of Jim Carrey. What right. You? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as for the actors who were considered ding ding to you, Kate Winslet was considered, but was deemed too young at 24. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Totally. But she, but temperamentally is like, uh, she's, the, she'd, she'd kill it. Yeah. If this was made five years later, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's absolutely who we want. Uh, instead, in 2001, she was also an Iris, her, which got her mm-hmm. her third Oscar nom of seven. And that uh, Christmas Carol animated movie that oh. she sings on that we discussed on our Moulin yeah. Rouge episode that has Simon Callow as Scrooge and as Marley, Nicolas Cage. I mean, I love Simon Callow. <laughs> uh, Kristen Scott Thomas turned it down. No, I thought of her, but then was like, she seems too, a little, I think for the, a little too old. For the Miss Honey too, role, for the Empath Davids yes, role. Yes, that's, that's the, because I was thinking, I was like, sharp, what are British actresses I like? And I was like, oh no, she's not quite, yeah, she's got, just thinking of her in Gosford Park, this which is, is the, the same, same year, year as Gosford Park, yeah. She's, I mean, she's so good. Gosford Park's one of my favorite movies. Like she's. Yeah all edges and mm. class and status and everything, which is yeah, exactly what you're getting from the M. Beth Davids character. Totally. Tilda Swinton was considered. Oh yeah. Um, 
Well, I think we know too much about Tilda Swinton now, <laughs> not as a person, just as a performer. Just to as a see serious that. performer. I mean, this year she she has a teeny tiny role in Vanilla Sky, which I rewatched earlier this year. and was kind of like knocked upside the head at seeing her at like two hours and five minutes into the film. Suddenly Tilda Swinton pops in to like explain the movie. Uh, and she had this movie, The Deep End, which I really mainly know because it was like one of those art house indie darling like drama mm-hmm. thrillers that was like this is supposed to be really good so i just remember that my mom went to go see it and hated it mm-hmm. it was like what's the point of this film but that was like the bit one of the the deep end was like the film that one of the films that helped like really get Propeller. buzz for tilda swinton um in america at least nicole kimman turned it down good she's not funny enough i yeah she she would be charming but she'd really be playing at the like I'm a mess. It's like, no, you're not, Nicole. What I like about Renee Zellweger so much in this role is that she never seems like she's trying to play it for laughs. No. It always just reads as so, like, perfectly pitched, awkward, and so, like, plucky and ducky and just so, like, ah, well, that's what it is. And just so, like, her when she just goes around rambling, when she's like, I don't know, I just can't stop talking, she just feels so lived in and so natural and lived not trying in, to hit like exactly. punchlines she's not trying to hit punchlines she's also not um it's like the way they have styled her hair like there's it's not perfectly brushed down you can see like where it was in a ponytail like it's it's not blown out like just little things like that, that it doesn't feel hollywood to yeah. me and i feel like with with nicole kidman you who is renee zellweger is a beautiful woman but like nicole kidman is one of the like the most unbelievable faces like that's what we were talking about with moulin rouge i was like i can't stop looking at her you can't you put even a fake nose on her (laughs) and she's still nicole kidman it's still a stunning face cheekbones that could cut glass and i'm just i just don't see you getting rid of the the hollywood yeah sally phillips auditioned for bridget i that she i was i was thinking that i was like i bet and she impressed the producer so much that they just offered her the part of Shaza. Shaza. Uh, apparently also considered was Felicity Montague, who played Perpetua, who works with Bridget in oh, the office. Oh, that's like fun. Pretty much her colleague, but the one who thinks that she is in charge of Bridget. Uh, Miranda Richardson was considered. Oh, that's fun. She's also like very beautiful, but a lot funnier than Nicole yeah. Kim. In fact, she's hilarious. Yeah, um, Helena Bonham Carter was considered. Oh, I can see that, but I'm glad we didn't go that route. Yeah, I can. See, I bet I she would be really good. Yeah, but I think there's also just something a slightly more acerbic to her. Actually, maybe this is where the you get some benefit from having an American. Is we're a little more earnest, um, you know, with with our emotions and just that sort of thing. So I do wonder if like kind of like with Christian Bale playing an American and American psycho, that distance of the accent actually gives him a remove. If like having an American doesn't Mm, just naturally warm her up with regards to like what we are socially like feel like it's okay to express, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Instead in 2001, Helen Bonham Carter had the planet of the apes remake, which is horrendous, but But Tim Burton and that resulted in, you know, they're no longer together, but it got them. They're two kids. So are they no longer together? I didn't realize that. They're they're no longer together. Uh, been a, been a while she's with some um some young chap some young guy who's like 20 years her senior but she's talking about junior how, junior that's what i mean junior freshman sophomore <laughs> words 
Words. Um, no, it's 20 years her junior, uh, but seems to be having a grand old time. So good for Helena Bonham Carter. Good for HBC. <laughs> Cameron Diaz was considered. I did think of her. Just think. Well, you know what made me think of her? Was the karaoke, karaoke scene because yeah. of my best friend's wedding? Yes. Yep. And I was like, except for Renee Zellweger can sing. And Cameron <laughs> Diaz apparently really was doing can. her best. Yeah. I mean, there's like a teeny uh, song, which is funny because we, we after uh, watching Bridget Jones, we went and watched the uh, musical number at the end of Down With Love because it's like, well, we just have Hugh McGregor, who just did Moulin Rouge. And Renee Zellweger, who just is Chicago, and now we put them in a rom-com together. What, are we not going to have them sing a song what together? What, are we big old fools? What, are we fools? Um, but in this not-great Danny Boyle movie from the 90s, A Life Less Ordinary, it's Hugh McGregor and Cameron Diaz, and they have, like, this kind of dream sequence where they sing Beyond the Sea, and it's Hugh McGregor singing Beyond the Sea. It's great. beautiful. It's soaring. It's gorgeous. And then we cut to Cameron Diaz singing Beyond the Sea, and it's got to be just the speak singing, breathy singing, because it's just, you can you know, it's, yeah. we, that's fine. That's We've absolutely We've all got fine. different skills in life. We sure Nobody do. needs to see me dance. No, but I think Cameron Diaz would certainly embrace yes the klutziness the like she's very gifted with physical comedy absolutely um i could see it i don't know if i see the a british accent on her but i don't know i don't know emily watson turned it down oh same year as gosford park but i'm like temperamentally i get it but absolutely yeah you need that like comedy with a capital c and a lot of these are like performers who i'm like you are giving me more of a dramedy yeah vibe yeah um with some of these people patricia arquette was considered oh interesting i like it i like it too i dig i actually the more i think about that the more i like it i could really see that Mm -hmm. um selma blair was considered Mm. the same year as legally blonde i don't know not for me kate blanchett was considered i thought of kate and then thought i don't know well she'd be great she's kate blanchett she can't yeah not uh, she's never bad Never bad. Same um, year as Fellowship of the Ring, of course. Oh, well, she needed to be. <laughs> well, I'm sure that she was. Oh, yeah. Done she was long out of New Zealand. Shooting all that. Yeah. <laughs> Saffron Burroughs was considered. Oh, well, oh, I don't have a lot of exposure to Saffron Burroughs. Except just Deep Blue, Deep Blue sea. sea. And based on that, I don't have a lot of positive things to say. Well, can she act alongside people or just smart sharks? Oh, well, or can she do either? Oh, instead of, uh, so she's torn in a love triangle between Mark Darcy, Colin Firth, and Daniel Cleaver, played by a smart shark. <laughs> okay, wait, but Hugh Grant voicing a cartoon shark Hugh Grant would be great. a great voice for a cartoon shark. Yes. But it, that's the thing. It'd be more of a bumbly shark. He'd be like, um, excuse me, uh, 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 are, are you done eating, are you done um, eating, uh, eating that fisherman? Uh, Rachel Griffiths was considered. It's the oh. same year as season one of Six Feet Under. Yeah, she's great. I do think she's giving me a little more dramedy, but at the same time, she's she is funny. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Hurley was considered, and I'm like, look, here's because that's as you said. Renee Weger, a beautiful, beautiful. Human but Elizabeth being. Hurley is a literal you model. Can't ca- yes, her Saffron Burroughs. You can't cast an actual model. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Lucy Lawless was considered. I mean, I haven't really seen her in anything. I know. See, I've liked her in everything I've seen her in. She's, I mean, you've, we've seen her in Parks and Rec because she's the one who ends up with Ron. Oh, well, I don't remember. Well, there you go. Um, and I saw her. She was on Ash versus Evil Dead, which she was quite good on. But it is, she is someone that's like, I don't think she will ever not be associated with Xena. Like certain yeah. actors who are supposedly always associated with a certain role 
And sometimes that's true. And a lot of times I think like, yeah, but they're not, we think of that role. But they've, they've but done they've other things that we also, it. yeah. Right. But with Lucy Lawless, that's every, it's just Lucy Lawless Xena is yeah. Whereas one like, of the Whereas like even someone me. like Daniel Radcliffe, who will always be Harry Potter, he also has a body of work that has nothing to do with that. You yeah. know, like I do and think. He, you know, he's also been afforded those opportunities. That's absolutely that true. Lucy yes. Lawless not necessarily was. For sure. You know, Janet McTeer was considered. <gasps> Well, now I know that after she did some movie in the 90s and had such a wretched experience with Hollywood that she I was like it's tumbleweeds, maybe. I don't. I'm guessing. I well, mean, got she, her first of two Oscar. But she was like, I don't right. like this. So I wonder if also she was just like, I don't know that I want to lead a big. Yeah. But she's great. And also as a six foot tall woman, like to have someone like like that tall. Yeah. But there's something also as a fellow tall person, like there's a certain awkwardness inherent with like, oh, I'm taller than everyone I meet. And I, feel, I don't know what to do with all these limbs, you know, um, that could be interesting as well. If, if you're also in Hollywood, famously a lot of short men. Yeah. Um, could be could be an interesting flavor. Anyway, Janet McTeer, phenomenal actor. Yeah. Nicolette Sheridan was considered. It's like, once again, you can't have someone who played Brooke. In the noises off movie. Yeah. No. Someone who is like legit. My a job model. was to wear a few clothes and be hot. <laughs> Naomi Watts was considered. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I have, I, I don't like. Yeah. Of I'm not comedies. thrilled by that. And also, again, someone who's unbelievably stunning, you know? Oh, that's true. I mean, like of comedies, I'm thinking of her in I Heart Huckabees. And like, I'm like, see, I could see it. Although this is the same year. Which, like, wow, this worked out great for her because she's this is the year of Mulholland Drive, the David mm. Lynch movie that was supposed to be famously a TV series that then just got can't never picked up from the pilot. So David Lynch just re-edited the pilot, shot some other scenes and turned it into a movie. But that easily could have just been like, oh, the pilot didn't get picked up, doesn't see the light of day and mm. instead becomes a movie a big that movie. really launched her because her her in that is re is incredible this i mean the, i don't think i've seen it it's i mean it's a david lynch movie it's a real yeah. hard one to it's a hard nut to crack yep. but she's like it's such a great showcase for her because she's such a like a wide-eyed like i just got to hollywood and i'm gonna make it big and she's so like oh she's a, a bit of a an idiot and then she has the one scene where she's actually auditioning for this thing and you see her first like going over lines with the other lead actress uh laura harring i believe her name is and it's all like yeah you know, like ah, oh, i'll kill you i'll kill you oh this is we can't they can't know about us eh. she's like making fun of how bad these lines are mm -hmm. and then they go, get into the scene and she drops into it and it's I a completely different person. you maybe have shown me this you. scene because this sounds very familiar yeah. but it is like stunning a stunning switch like a switch was flipped and you're like oh this actor is amazing and then the next year is the ring and the year after that is tr the movie 21 grams the alejandro Inarito right. movie that got naomi watts her first oscar nom so that's like a one two three yeah all in a row to like launch her star um which i think i mean bridget jones would have as well but yeah very differently very very differently olivia williams was considered of rushmore and the sixth sense and i'm like <gasps> I don't. This name ain't ringing bells. Mm, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones was considered. Um, in a post at least she's Welsh. Post-entrapment. I know. 
Post, it does feel like post going over the, under the laser beams. Post like a sexy laser dance feels you post know. sexy lasers. I feel like Renee is always a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't mean this against uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, but like there's a, a little more uh, freedom from from vanity, partially because of what both of them are selling. So yeah. again, I don't mean that that necessarily Catherine Zeta Jones is like I won't do that, but I mean like we've just seen Renee do different variations of not having to be pulled together. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's a good point. Rachel Weiss was considered. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Why didn't I put her on my list? <laughs> uh, 2001, she had the Mummy sequel, The Mummy Returns, and this uh, war thriller drama, Enemy at the Gates, with Jude Law, that um, I remember being okay. I also remember being like one of those weird grab bag accent movies where you have like a mix of Brits. You've got like Jude Law, Joseph Fiennes, Ed Harris, Bob Hoskins, Rachel Weiss, and everyone's kind of doing like somewhat russian somewhat german accents like where classic (laughs) europe-ish it's a real europe-ish uh but that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy or in this week's case two truths and some person gender is dead the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of bridget one was not amy joe is to guess which is which your options are laura dern emma thompson and Tony Collette. Well, 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 well. I can see a world where any of these are up for it. I feel like if they're looking at Kristen Scott Thomas, I feel like she and Emma Thompson are similar in age. Laura Dern is a bit younger, and Tony Collette is a bit younger. Tony Collette is a great choice. Oh, especially thinking of like she's come off of Emma. Where she's basically playing, number one, they probably would have thought of her because I'm sure they're looking at people who are in other Jane Austen adaptations, you know. Um, Although you're looking at me with a face that makes me think, maybe you thought of all of this and Hollywood didn't. Um, (laughs) Just a whole pantomime happening right out of it. I'm just going to say, as far as like, I like all of these actors very much. I'd rather see the uh the brits and the aussies and laura dern who's who's great but i don't see as much in this but i'm gonna say emma thompson i'm sorry that's incorrect is it tony collette i'm sorry that's incorrect. oh so it's laura dern <laughs> yeah laura dern oh. as far as i can tell laura dern was not laura considered. dern feels like a bad choice for it she's great but feels like a bad choice but i thought it was it was a little off center so it had to yeah. be that wow well you <laughs> tricked me good ronan <laughs> sure did no emma thompson and tony collette were both considered because well, they're they, tony collette is great casting Yes, she had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts with the Wild Party on (gasps) Broadway. Well, Queenie was a blonde. Sixth Sense was 99, Um, so that was already like... I saw a lot of these. If I saw it in theaters in high school, then it was during high school. But this movie would have been filming in 2000 as right. she, she was, was on, on the broadway stage on broadway opposite mandy patinkin and the legendary and nathan graham ever just so they, great. there you go as bridget jones eartha kit <laughs> hey never say never all by myself <laughs> don't, want, don't to want to be all by, by myself although there is anymore. that great clip that goes around every now and again of her talking about like being in a relationship and just she just like throws her head back and laughs basically like why should i you know like why should she like tie herself down to my it's it's really great if you just search for like eartha kit relationships she's just like (laughs) (laughs) 
Why should I? I've got some script notes for Bridget Jones. Uh, why must I choose between these two men? Why can't I just take them both as lovers? And then live my own life. <laughs> what if I killed them for their money? Could that be where the movie goes? <laughs> Uh, what if I poisoned them? The poison for Cleaver. Cleaver's, <laughs> Cleaver's poison. poison. <laughs> and Emma Thompson would go on to co-write the screenplay for Bridget Jones' Baby and co-star as uh, the doctor for uh, Bridget Jones. I watched the trailer for the two sequels. Um, I was like, oh, Emma Thompson, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in here, Emma? Uh, but she she seems pretty, pretty fun in that film because that's I'm the sure. whole thing is that like Bridget has a is like no longer with Mark Darcy, has like a one night stand with Pat and this American Patrick Dempsey. And then like right after reconnects with Mark Darcy and has a one night stand and then is pregnant. And it could be either one is the father. Wow. So it's like mama Mia meets Bridget Jones. Yes. Just How like old? that. She's having a baby at 50. No, not 50. I think she's supposed to be like 40. What, when was it? 20. This is 2016. 16 so yeah, yeah she's, she's supposed like to be like if she's 32 she's supposed to be Bridget something Jones. something something oh we're compressing time we're compressing time but emma thompson's yeah. like um yes it would be great if you could bring the father to the next visit if you figure out who that is it's just, just like the perfect Ooh, life mm. uh but emma thompson would be great tony collette would be great either of them would be tremendous tremendous uh yeah so those are the characters i found other casting options for but there are of course many other characters we many, didn't mention many 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 I want to briefly touch on them. Uh, as Bridget's parents, we have Gemma Jones and Jim Broadbent. Come on. So good. Always and, yeah, thrilled. We didn't mention that at the end, the, the mom comes back and is like, will you please take me back? And Jim Broadbent's like, I just don't know. I just don't know. It's like, of course I will, you daft cow. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, what a year for Jim Broadbent. Because he had this. Moulin Rouge, mm -hmm. and he won the Oscar for Iris, I mean, which was also, a big, I remember how big yeah. of a shock that was. Think that about won. the range of this actor who, you know, we also just rewatched the Blackadder Christmas special, which uh. is Christmas Carol, but like in reverse, he starts out the kindest man in all England and by the end is like, like Blackadder we know and love, but Jim Broadbent and Miriam Margulies play Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and he's just very funny and stupid, but it's like... The 80s, you know, yeah. sort of think of like watching that and then watching this and then thinking of Moulin Rouge, like Ziggler, just like makes you really love a character actor. I mean, like if it wasn't for Iris, I, I, I could have seen Jim Broadbent getting nominated for Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. If not winning, because that is really what a tremendous He's performance so good of, in that. of like how to properly do largesse on screen of how to do yes. size on screen and not read like god this guy is so unbearably over the top like really is a tremendous performance in moulin rouge um but can do such beautiful subtle work in this and iris i haven't seen iris in so so long <laughs> not really one that i'm like you know what i'm in the mood for yeah Let's do a I watched of it, iris i watched it the once and i was like Whew! but i didn't realize that young jim broadbent in iris is hugh bonneville which i'm like oh. aren't they like 10 years they're like probably they're like 13 14 years apart or something but i was like yeah could, hugh bonneville the, the has jump been from kate winslet to judy dench and the jump from hugh bonneville to, to jim, jim broadbent like hugh bonneville was in those doc uh, those brother cad file um mysteries with derek jacoby in like the mid 90s i think you know <laughs> and he's a like fully grown adult in those 
Uh, we have her friend group, as we said, Sally Phillips as Shazza, Shirley Henderson as yes. Jude, and uh, James Callis as Tom, who I did not even recognize him because the hair. He, I know I know him from something. Well, my brain. I know him from the rebooted Battlestar Galactica as Gaius Baltar, which he's amazing on, who becomes this like messianic figure mm. uh but but like a kind of a con man messianic figure uh for people but is so good on that but he's got this long these flowing beautiful locks and i just did not recognize him at all mm. but they're very fun they're very charming as we've said and beth davits as uh natasha 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 um salman rushdie <laughs> as this cameo what I was as like, himself. oh no they actually they have salman rushdie here yeah and lord jeffrey archer which is <laughs> Uh, for, for those of you who don't know those, uh, you know, I know there's some Brit listeners, but for those of you that aren't, um, if you listen to, I recommended the podcast British scandal, uh, a couple months ago, they have a whole sequence on Lord Archer, which definitely made actually seeing him pop up. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but che- you can check that out if you want <laughs> background on who that is. Uh, well, his cameo came about as a total fluke. Old friend, author, and screenwriter Helen Fielding called him up and just asked, how would you like to make a fool of yourself? Salmon, Salmon <laughs> Which Rushdie. he comes off. He does not come off as the fool. But I just no. love that it's like Bridget's like, I'm making the rounds, this little thing. I'm going to just like mingle and come across very smart. And like the only question she can think to ask is, do you know which way the bathrooms are? <laughs> yeah. And then is it, is it, a, is it Colin Firth or Hugh Grant? Like one of them, they ask him like the exact same thing. Like, do you know where the bathrooms are? That's all anyone yeah. can think to ask Salman Rushdie. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of our final tip, we've got Hugh Grant as Cleva, Cleva! And, and Colin Firth as Darcy. Uh, and they're both like, what perfect casting. Well, apparently like the, the person who wrote, the book or the screenplay like the book yeah was inspired after seeing colin firth play darcy in that pride and prejudice from the 90s and so like of course he's the only casting option because she literally wrote it based on his performance in that role right but when thinking of like of who else does that like repressed Mm -hmm. acting as good as colin firth and it's like there are others that i could see but these they are so good one of my notes is uh, is Colin Firth knows his lane and just like how well he plays it that just like full to the brim with like there's so much going on with this guy but he cannot bring himself to say it absolutely although you know if ma- made today with the Phoebe Waller-Bridge version of course for uh, Cleaver we're gonna okay. get our hot priest yes. Andrew Scott Andrew Scott baby and um then Matthew McFadden as uh Darcy yes although he has definitely been like and now I'm just gonna lean into the stuff I find more interesting oh of course absolutely he's like I was a leading man once and that was plenty so final thoughts, Amy Jo on Bridget Jones' diary. I just have to comment on the phrase, I'm going to Bedfordshire, and when she's going up to bed. I was like, oh, I need to, why am I not saying that every single day of bed my life? Bedtime for Bedfordshire. Bedtime for Bedfordshire. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this uh, is being currently adapted into a musical set to hit the West End, although no date has been set. I uh, don't know if this is like, like something that kind of got scuttled a bit because of COVID, mm-hmm. as many a thing did, uh, and will resurface at some point in the future. Uh, but British musician Lily Allen has written the score and lyrics, oh. and Stephen Daldry, uh, known for his Tony Award-winning work on the West End and Broadway productions of Billy Elliot, will be directing. So we shall perhaps be seeing more Bridget Jones in the near future. Mm. 
Amy Jo? Why, yes, Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, I have a plug and a recommend. Uh, the plug is if you're listening to this shortly after it comes out and happen to be in New York on January 23rd, that's a Monday, you can come see the concert of the musical I wrote, Hatchetation, at Rockwood Music Hall. That's 7 p.m. on Monday, January 23rd, 2023. And if you're listening to this after that date, you can just follow Madang Show on Instagram. That's at Hatchetation the Musical. Yes. Um, and that's Hatchet. That's a portmanteau of hatchet and agitation. Um, and if you come, you'll understand. Um, but then I would like to recommend... For but, but, Amy, what is what is your show about? What's the oh, little logline? Okay. It's about temperance activist Carrie A. Nation, who lived in Kansas at the turn of the last century, and very frustrated by the lack of enforcement of the state's prohibition laws, she started going into bars armed with a hatchet and breaking up the contents herself. And she spawned a movement and is responsible for sort of reinvigorating the prohibition movement. Um, she would die before before women were granted suffrage or before prohibition was passed into law. But um, she was very influential. And I did a lot of, you know, research into the temperance movement, obviously, to write this show. And you know, I think a lot of us think of like temperance and prohibition as a bunch of like wet blankets, but it was really like a women's rights movement and a human rights movement um, at the time. And it's fascinating. And so I wrote a very silly, yes, uh, over very, the top, very musical. funny. Yes. Very high comedy. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, so definitely, definitely. If you are in town in New York, you must, must check out this concert reading coming up of Hatchetation. Nice. And at the very least, got to give it a follow on the gram. Give it a follow on the gram. You know, we, we appreciate it. Um, and then I'm going to recommend um, Fortune Feimster's new stand up special, Good mm. Fortune. Uh, she has one that came out a few years ago on Netflix called, I think, like Sweet and Salty. And then this one's Good Fortune. I just love Fortune Feimster. She's just. Very funny, you know, and and we we stand a funny lesbian in this house, and uh, I just find her very charming, and I laughed a lot and watched it a couple times. So loving it, Jeff. Emmy Joe, what are you recommending? Uh, I'm gonna recommend a book. It's this collection of short stories by Gwen E. Kirby called "Shit Cassandra Saw," <laughs> which, as you can guess from the title, is. Uh, a, a bit cheeky, a bit funny, uh, and it's just, I was kind of blown away just by her writing. So I, I mean, the shit Cassandra saw is clearly from the perspective of Cassandra, who is cursed with the ability to see the future and no one will believe. Um, but this kind of like goes in this tiny little short story, just tracks like throughout all of time of all the things that Cassandra could be warning. And finally is like, why would I, why would I warn you men? Uh, after all the shit that we go through because of you, uh, but is not just uh, is this just blisteringly funny is caustically funny throughout. Uh, and I had a delightful time with these short stories. I think there there's one with this woman who's having an affair with a teacher she works with and she keeps getting slut shamed by this ghost that lives in her house. That <laughs> is so freaking funny. Um, so I definitely recommend shit Cassandra saw by Gwen E. Kirby. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da da da. So thank you again to Kara for this listener request. As we said, we'll be taking a break for the foreseeable future, but feel free to follow us on Instagram at and almost starring and like subscribe. Make sure you follow us uh, for whenever we come back. And uh, until then, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs> <laughs>